We continue our burning question series on TCU football today, and we'll discuss uh, how do you replace a Thorpe Award-winning corner in the secondary? Can the TCU secondary be great again in 2023? We'll talk about it next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On Horn Frogs, you can subscribe on YouTube. We're getting close to 500 subscribers, so that's cool. Uh, help us get to that goal by subscribing. I saw one of our frequent uh, watchers, listeners on YouTube, he goes by Zoom Play uh, when he comments. He said he's been telling people, he's been telling TCU fans to subscribe to the YouTube channel. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, subscribe if you haven't. You can also subscribe on your favorite podcast platform if you like to listen to the audio version of the show. Uh, today, we're continuing our series. We've been doing five burning questions for the TCU offseason. Uh, some of you had some thoughts about yesterday. We talked about Chandler Morris. I'll get to that in segment two. But today... I want to talk about uh, the secondary and specifically the corner position, but we'll talk about both corners and safeties. Um, it's really intriguing. You know, Travis Hodges Thompson won the Thorpe Award as the best defensive back in the country last year. It's actually the second time in three seasons that CCU's won that award. Uh, Trayvon Merrig won it a few years back. And I think it's quietly TCU, like, I feel like most people wouldn't say they're DBU and obviously like LSU and some other schools have churned out some really great NFL talent um, recently and in the past, but I think TCU does a really good job of developing corners that can play. They had a great track record of doing it with Gary Patterson. Obviously those guys played a lot of man coverage and you saw this year, even with Joe Gillespie coming in a lot of tight press man coverage being played by those guys on the outside. So THT is going to move on to the NFL. Josh Newton is coming back. So that's huge, and we'll kind of see where he ends up if he ends up getting you know the number one wideout most of the time. But a player that came in in the transfer portal that for whatever reason, and maybe I just haven't seen it, it covered properly, I think it's really under the radar, and I'm not sure why because the more I've dug into what he did at Florida, um, I'm just super impressed with him as Avery Helm. And he's a, a corner coming over. From uh, Florida, he played there for a few seasons, and I mean, he started like he was he was a starting corner in the SEC, six to one hundred and seventy pounds, um, and he's originally a local guy or state of Texas guy from Fort Ben Marshall, um, but transferred in, you know, during the offseason was one of the first guys to transfer in in this transfer class, and transfer rankings are kind of weird. Like I, I don't think two four seven and on three are making an attempt to like re-rank guys when they enter the portal. So obviously your high school ranking is, is a couple of years removed now. So how do you, how do you reevaluate somebody when they come in the portal? And so Avery was a four-star player coming out of high school. He was a three-star player in the portal. Now I don't know why that is um, because he's been great. Like he was a starter and everything that I've seen shows that he was a fantastic corner um, he allowed six receptions on 16 targets and 143 coverage snaps last season. So this is a guy that played at a high level in the SEC. I have no idea why he wouldn't be ranked harder or ranked higher, excuse me, in the in the transfer portal. 
obviously that doesn't really matter. Like once you get on campus, it doesn't matter what your star rating is. Um, but just all that to say, like he has a ton of experience, you know, playing man coverage against some of the best receivers in the country. He did a really great job last season. Um, Brandon Olson, who, who was locked on Gators, he's high on him. Um, was sorry that, that Florida, you know, lost him, but expects him to excel here at TCU. And so I think Helm's going to be a, a great player for the Frogs. Like he's going to come in and be a starter. He'll be somebody that can make an impact right away. Um, and he's really athletic. You know, I saw an article, it was actually shared by um, Avery's dad to me, but he ran like a, you know, sub four three um, at Florida. And if he would have participated in Florida's pro day, he didn't because he was an underclassman. But if he would have participated in Florida's pro day, like he would have been off the charge, athlete, off the charge athleticism wise, excuse me, from a speed standpoint, from a, you know, vertical leap standpoint, he's just a great athlete. So fantastic pickup by the staff. I mean, he had attention from Utah, a lot of other schools um, when he hit the portal and kind of quietly made the decision to come to TCU. And I think he's going to be a fantastic player for the Frogs. So that's one, you know, aspect of replacing Travis Hodges Tomlinson. I think also they got a couple more guys from the JUCO ranks that they're excited about at that corner position. Uh, Channing Kando is actually the top, top ranked um, defensive back as far as, you know, JUCO goes. Um, coming in this season in the 2023 class. <clears throat> so he comes over from Trinity Valley in Athens, Texas, and another big, long, lanky guy, six feet tall, 185 pounds. Um, and then they also grabbed Mason White, uh, who is from Matt San Antonio College in Walnut, California, another Juco player, six foot tall, 180 pounds. So both those guys you would think would be great depth pieces. Um, there's a couple players on the roster right now that didn't play this year because they were young guys, but uh, they were really excited about Kyron Chambers coming out of high school from Oak Cliff. He won a state championship a few years ago. Um, they, he was originally committed to uh, Arizona, and they got him to flip late in the process once Sonny got the job and come over to TCU. Ronald Lewis, uh, freshman who was originally committed to Texas, he's from New Orleans, Louisiana, and then he flipped to the Frogs late in the process as well. So a lot of guys that can step in and play. I think they're going to be set up really well at that corner position. At the safety spot, um, a bunch of dudes returning. Uh, came out that um, Bud Clark's going to come back for another season. We'll have Mark Perry back for another season. Him and Josh Newton announced on the same day that they'd be running it back in 2023. And then Miller Bradford also um, coming back for the 2023 season. So all you know, all three of your big-time safety positions, your starters are going to be coming back. A couple of your depth guys will be returning as well. A bunch of players in this 2023 class from a freshman standpoint they will be coming in from the safety position. Not sure how many of those guys will, you know, see any time on the defense. Um, but exciting times at TCU. A lot of guys that played a lot of snaps um, in that secondary are going to be back next year. So I really think they're set up well to continue what they did um, in 2022 and play a lot of physical man coverage, allow those linebackers and safeties to come up and run support and make plays. And hopefully – with another year under their belt for a bunch of these guys, you see players, you know, being more decisive, moving faster. I know late in the season, you know, Michigan, obviously, they had a lot of success throwing over the middle of the field. The Georgia game, Brock Bowers is, is an absolute monster. So, like, I don't even know how much you can take from it. But they, they have to get better from a coverage standpoint on, on some of those concepts and some of those things. But I feel like 
with an off season to prepare, they'll be more um, ready and equipped to handle, you know, some of those concepts that teams threw at them late in the season that gave them trouble. But uh, yeah, excited about the secondary, especially that corner position with guys like Avery Helm coming in for the 2023 season. When we come back, um, an update on the recruiting front, a quarterback that TCU was after, he unfortunately decided to go a different direction. We'll also read some of your comments from yesterday's show. Before we do that, though, uh, I do want to talk about one of our great sponsors, Bet Online. You know, Bet Online. If if you've ever wondered about, man, I kind of want to know what it's like to get in the wagering game, to get in the world of sports betting. But I don't know the best way to do it. Go to Bet Online today. If you kind of want a primer for what you're getting in for, they have podcasts. They have a lot of great information that you can uh, find there on their website. And then also you can start, you know, throwing down bets. So college basketball is in full swing right now. We got uh, the basketball team on the road tonight against West Virginia. That's exciting. Um, And NBA is going on. NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. Cowboys trying to keep it going against the 49ers on the road. Bet online. They're your one-stop shop. They're your source for everything you need. Um, if you've ever been curious about dipping your toe in the water, Bet Online is a place to go. It's where the game starts. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. He's been running the site for years. He knows what he's doing. He's not going to lead you in the wrong direction. Bet Online, give it a try today. Thanks to them for being one of the great sponsors of Locked On Horn Frogs and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, segment two here on Locked On Horn Frogs. So let's talk about some recruiting notes quickly. Um, Walker Howard, who was a four-star or five-star quarterback, depending on what recruiting service you want to look at, from LSU, he hit the portal, um, and he officially announced on Twitter this morning, Wednesday morning when I'm recording this, that he's headed to Old Miss. Um, so he's going to Old Miss, which means TCU did not get him. They missed out on on Howard. Old Miss has been taking a lot of TC players, um, and I I don't know all the reasons for that. I know Old Miss is heavily backed by NIL money. They're throwing money at a lot of guys. Um, they're making sure that they can get players that they want. You know, we saw them get Zach Evans. We saw them get Kyrie Coleman in the offseason last year. Uh, now they land Walker Howard. They landed Jackson Dart last season, who was also a guy that TCU was interested in. So I think, you know, that's an unfortunate part of it. What else are they selling to these players that is making Ole Miss attractive? You know, I'm not sure. Lane Kiffin's also a really good offensive mind. His teams usually score a lot of points. But you would think with TCU coming off a national championship appearance and Jack Besh is good friends with Walker Howard. He just came over from LSU. There seem to be a lot of things lining up for TCU to land him, but Recruiting is unpredictable. It's one of those things that's tough to um, zero in on. Everybody's different. Everybody has their own motives and reasons for why they want to go to a certain school, but they're not going to get Walker Howard. So I would expect that TCU kind of stays pat um, for the moment and then reevaluates things in the spring and summer. I think they're going to add a quarterback eventually. I just don't feel like it'll be anytime soon uh, because of what's left out there, and you'll see more guys hit the portal after you get a, after, you know, teams get a better idea of what their depth is going to look like. And they tell certain players, Hey, you're not going to start here. Maybe you should have a chance to move on. Um, I am a little concerned. I don't think like you should be hitting alarm bells, but Sonny's a quarterback guy. And it's just strange that they really haven't 
landed anyone from a QB standpoint since he's gotten here. Now, he did a great job with Max. Him and Garrett Riley did. I think they'll do a really good job with Chandler Morris. Um, but it's just odd. I, I don't have, like, a great answer for it. You know, they kind of made a late push for Austin Novasad, who ended up flipping from Baylor to Oregon. They ran on Sawyer Robertson, who went to Baylor, um, who transferred from Mississippi State. Now, I think he was, you know, so much of that was just he felt like he could have a chance to compete with Blake Shapin for that job. Again, like, it's early. He hasn't been there that long. Sonny, that he hasn't been here, like, for years. Like, he, he hasn't even necessarily gone after a ton of QBs. It's just odd. Now, they did get Marcus uh, Davila, um, who's a 2024 player from Midland. And he's one of the top QBs in the 2024 class. They have him committed. And so hopefully they can hold on to him uh, going into next year. But it's just strange. Again, I'm not, like, concerned about it. I just think it's kind of odd. And Walker Howard will be moving on. Some of you guys had thoughts about Chandler Morris. I was talking about him yesterday. And would he be the quarterback in 2023? Tommy hit me on Twitter and said, I'm more skeptical of Chandler going into next year than I was to start the year when I was really high on him. I know he can play and throw it, but I'm afraid he won't make it four games without having to miss games. We need someone else at his level that can step in. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, fair or unfair, that's kind of the concern that everyone has is his ability to hold up. Um, I also feel like it, I didn't articulate this yesterday. I might not articulate it well now. Expectations have just changed so much for this program between last year and this year that, it feels kind of weird that Chandler is is the guy, but I think he can certainly do it. I think he's capable. Um, but yeah, you you want to have more depth behind him, especially given some of his injury history. And I think they'll eventually make that happen. It's just not going to happen right now. Um, Stephen Hill, you know, he talked about Walker Howard yesterday. He said Jack Besh is good friends with him. That's a dynamic that could help. Yeah, I think it probably did help get him to visit, get him in the door. It just didn't help close the deal. Uh, but hopefully they can, you know, find another QB later in the process, Stephen. Brian Capers um, says he agrees. It's actually about the offensive coordinator and kind of leads us into um, some, another topic that I'll, I'll touch on here. He thinks they don't need the backlash that would come with Kendall Bryles. If you haven't heard, there is uh, a lot of smoke between TCU and Kendall Bryles. Seems like he is the main candidate for the OC job. Now, that came out Saturday. I had an episode Monday about it where I basically said I didn't think Kendall was worth the PR headache. Um, and nothing's really happened between saturday and now i mean I, I don't have any reason to believe he's not still the top candidate but it's just strange that nothing's been finalized steven johnson from the fort worth star telegram wrote a good story yesterday um or i think it was maybe tuesday it was sometime earlier this week about uh kindle and yeah just kind of the pr nightmare that could come with it and he said that there was a source that told him that they were basically waiting to see if the backlash would kind of die down which if, if you're having to wait to hire your offense coordinator because you want backlash to die down, maybe you should go hire somebody else. That's just my two cents. But also, I think that's a very strange uh, theory or strange way to approach this to say, well, maybe in a couple of days people won't be as upset. Um, I mean, bottom line is if they hire him, they're going to have to deal with the backlash and they're going to have to hold a press conference and answer tough questions. Um, and really, it's it's up to them to decide 
if it's worth it to do that, you know, and we'll see what happens again. Like I don't have any reason to believe that something's changed. Maybe things have cooled off because of the initial fan reaction. Um, but we'll see over the next few days if anything comes of it. Right now, it still appears that Kendall Bryles is the main candidate for that open offense coordinator position left by Garrett Riley, who moved on to Clemson. Um, when we come back, we'll touch on basketball tonight, teams playing West Virginia, and uh, then finally we'll talk about TCU baseball because they uh, were in the D1 Top 25 poll, which is exciting. That came out on Tuesday. So all that coming up next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. Okay, final segment here. Um, so TCU basketball, they're going to play uh, West Virginia tonight. And I, I saw this, just something to watch, something to monitor. Apparently Jim Jordan, the West Virginia governor, he tested positive for COVID yesterday. And Bob Huggins was meeting with him. They had some sort of event, some sort of meeting. So Bob Huggins was in close contact. So there's some speculation that maybe he won't be available tonight. I honestly don't. I mean, are they still doing testing? Like, I don't, I don't know how that works. Uh, contact tracing and all that. I didn't really think that most college programs were still doing that, but maybe they are. And if, I guess if he tests positive, then he won't be available tonight. But I don't, you know, I don't know how that's going to work and how that process will go. Uh, West Virginia, two and a half point favorites tonight over the Frogs. They have not won a Big 12 game. Always tough to play in Morgantown. But I feel like if TCU takes care of the ball, they'll be okay. Um, should be interesting to see, you know, TCU likes to get in transition and run. West Virginia runs that press. So I'm expecting a pretty frantic, chaotic game tonight. And we'll see how that plays out. Um, D1 Baseball came out with their top 25 yesterday. And we are a month away from TC Baseball. They start the season on February 17th uh, against Vanderbilt in the Globe Life Challenge. This has been, I think, the third season in a row. They started the year playing at Globe Life Field against SEC teams. So they're going to play Vandy, Arkansas, and Mizzou um, <clears throat> that opening weekend, which is a really good opening weekend of games. Um, Vandy is also ranked in the top 25 here. Let me make, let me get this pulled up so I can tell you exactly where they are. Uh, but TCU's at 15. Uh, the number one team in the country is LSU. Tennessee's at two, Stanford at three, Ole Miss at four, Texas A&M at five. Um, elsewhere in the big 12, Oklahoma State's at nine. I said TCU at 15 and then Texas Tech at number 24. Texas surprisingly on the outside looking in to start the season. Vanderbilt is the number 10 team in the country and Arkansas, the number eight team in the country. TCU will face both those teams in that globe life challenge to start the season. Um, excited about this frogs lineup this year. The pitching staff will be kind of a mystery. Cam Brown coming back. So I think he'll be in the weekend rotation. And then once you get past that, I'm not exactly sure who will be those Saturday and Sunday starters. Um, but they went and got Austin Davis from West Virginia outfielder. They went and got Trey Richardson infielder from Baylor. So I think this lineup, you know, you're talking about a lot of speed. Elijah Nunez at the top. Austin Davis maybe behind him. He was a really fast guy. Trey Richardson really good with the back. Puts the ball in play. Can run the bases. And then you get to kind of your sluggers like Braden Taylor, Curtis Byrne, David Bishop. Um, I would think Luke Boyers is going to be an everyday player for you again. And then we'll kind of see Anthony Silva is an, a really exciting freshman. They expect him to be someone who gets a lot of play at shortstop. I don't know if he'll be your opening day shortstop and starter all year, but I know that was sort of the plan. 
Um, and I'm not sure who's going to DH for them this season. I think it might be kind of a by committee situation like it was last year, but a lot of speed in this lineup. So I'm curious to see if they, you know, use more hit and run. They, if they bunt a little bit more than usual, totally different hitting coach as well. TJ Bruce coming over the head coach from Nevada. He's coming over to be sort of the associate head coach and in charge of their offense. And, uh, yeah, kind of a fascinating year on deck, really the first year where you see Kirk Sarloos sort of fully putting the imprint of his style of play, his team, um, on this roster, on this program. And so I'm excited to see how it plays out. But TC Baseball, number 15 in the country in the preseason D1 poll, and we'll be following them all year long here on Lockdown Orange Frogs, and we'll be back tomorrow. It's your team every day.